right. Good morning, church. How's everyone? Good, man. I'm excited we're here. We're finally at Sunday, and uh, I'm excited about what God's doing, and I believe what He's going to do. Wasn't that an awesome time of worship? Man, I love that set, man. It's awesome. They did a great job. Uh, I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord today. My name's Buck. I get to serve here as the campus pastor at one of our four, soon-to-be five locations of Connection Church. Um, I'm very humbled and thankful that I get to be your pastor. If it's your first time here, I just want to say a special welcome to you. Uh, here at Connection Church, we're all about connecting people to a growing relationship with Jesus. So we want you to know we're super excited that you're here. We pray that today would bless you um, as you came and spend a little time with us today. Um, one thing I want to say, and uh, just to bring up before we dive into our message, it's our time where we're going to read some scripture and pray that God would impact your life in a powerful way, is today at four, we have what's called Orange Training, okay? And what Orange is this, is it's going to be the new kids curriculum we're using, okay? And one thing we believe here at Connection Church is that we don't have to wait till our little ones get to sixth grade before they become movers and shakers in the kingdom of God, all right? And so we believe right now that what's going on about uh, 75 yards this way is that our connectors are, are sharing Jesus with your kids on their level. And we believe that those are, are the disciples that we're going to raise up that are going to take the gospel forward. And we don't wait for that. We don't babysit. We are ready for that right now. And uh, I'm excited about Orange because what we're going to be doing is partnering with you, the parents, in raising your child up to become a follower and disciple of Christ, right? Um, you know, I think about the text I was reading this morning, Proverbs 22. It talks about this, to train a child up, right? Now, the cool part is that we get the opportunity for an hour every week to invest in your children, but the reality of it is uh, they get to go home with you, the parent. And what we want to do is help you and equip you uh, with what it takes to um, invest in and uh, disciple your child. So I'm super excited about that. If you're on the list to come, man, y'all come. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be excited. Surprise, surprise, right? I'm going to be ready to go and excited about what God's going to do through our kids' ministry, okay? But today, if you will, go ahead and open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, we'll be in verse 10. Um, I like to hop around the Bible today. I'm kind of narrowed in on a text, so I'm sure in all the hating the Bible flips said, Amen, right? Going to be in one place today. But I don't know where you find yourself uh, today uh, coming into church. I don't know um, if you're going through a good season or a bad season, but right now I'm going through a season of what I would call joy hunting, all right? Has anybody ever been in a season where uh, it, it takes a little effort to seek out and find joy? that maybe you're going through a rough patch or, or something like that. And, and really for the last couple of weeks, um, I've been joy uh, hunting, okay? And I think it's a lot of because of this series, man. This has been a, how many of you have been impacted by this series? You've enjoyed A Better Story? Is that anybody here? Um, I've enjoyed it too, but let me tell you, man, it has like been reading my mail like crazy. Like it has uncovered some stuff in me uh, that I didn't even really know was there. And, um, and, and I'm excited about what God's done uh, but I'm also excited to share with you kind of how God's been writing my story through this uh, series, okay? Um, and so today we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verses 10 through 20. I'm going to go ahead and read and pray, and then we're going to hop right in today. If you would, let's read. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, but put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. 
After you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows in God. Verse 18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Would you guys pray with me? Father, thank you for today. God, thank you for the men and women that came here, God, that, um, that made the sacrifice to come to church. Lord, I just pray right now. Uh, in your name, that your presence and power would come and just be among us. God, that you would speak through me. God, that this message would be nothing of me. It would be all of you, God. I pray right now uh, in faith that you would do that. And um, Lord, we just give you thanks for what you're about to do, Lord. We love you so much. In that name, amen. Amen. All right. So I want to take you back uh, to about 18, 19-year-old uh, me, okay? Um, I used to be a wrestler, okay, and that was a, a big part of my passion. I was a, a pretty successful high school wrestler, a couple times state champion, and, and then college hit, all right? And then I, I got a wrestling scholarship to college, and I thought I would try this college thing out. Well, let me tell you something. The reality of it is college is a lot different than high school, okay? And I began to learn that real quick. So uh, my freshman year, I was a red shirt, and, and that means I didn't compete in tournaments. And then the next year, uh, I was ready to, to try and step into the lineup, to be a, a college starter, a college wrestler. And as faith would hold it, this young man came into my life, praise his name. Uh, his name was Chris Francis, all right? Now, Chris came in uh, from an inner city school in South Carolina, and I want you all to check this out, okay? They did not have wrestling mats at their school. Hear that again. Dude was on the wrestling team, four guys on his team, Literally, these daggum barbarians would go to the football field and just grab each other, all right? Like, this was the extent of their wrestling practice. And I know many of you are not familiar with wrestling, but it takes place on a mat, okay? I hope you got that far, and the mat's kind of cushiony, and you get to, to, to wrestle on it, and there's padding. Well, Chris knew no such thing of, of, uh, of wrestling on a mat, okay? Like, literally, they were out there on a field wrestling. And so, you know, you can imagine just the scrapes and the bruises and just the sure just awfulness of practicing on a football field. And uh, he would talk about, man, when he was in high school, he would go to these tournaments and all the other teams are just hanging out in between sessions. Like, their team's on the mat wrestling. They're like, praise God we have a mat, right? And so all during the tournaments, they're just excited to have a mat. Well, Chris came to college, all right? And Chris just happens to be at 133 pounds, which is how much I weighed, right? Yes, that's hard to believe, I know. Um, but we were at the same weight class, okay? And every day, y'all, I'm just going to tell you, walking into that practice room, it was like grabbing a grizzly bear every day. Like, he knew no halfway. Most of the time in wrestling, kind of how it works is this, is you, you tag hands and you start out practicing and you kind of ease into a drill, like you're practicing your moves and it's kind of not hard yet, you know what I mean? And, and then once you get a good sweat going, then you start upping up your pace and then you get a little more physical and, uh, and it kind of progresses. Chris knew no halfway, like at all. Like, dude was, he would come in and he had like this hair that was real thin and it would just break, it would just rake against my head and feel like my head was on fire. And then the, it, not only did we have wrestling mats on the ground, we had wall mats, okay? And so we would have mats on the wall in case you might have accidentally bumped somebody into the wall. Chris would like dog tackle me into the wall, like, and then push my head down on the wall and like make me like it. And, and he was like, and he had this like Herculean strength and uh, like he was so much stronger than me. 
And literally every day from 3.30 to 5.30, this was my life, all right? Stepping into an absolute battle. And what would happen is, if I did not come to practice with my A game, one, if I had not drank enough fluids that day, if I had not mentally like listened to like some, uh, what, what's a good rock band, some Metallica or something, I was about to get my head kicked in every single day. It was a battle, all right? It was a battle. And praise God, the, the Lord's favor may have been on my hand, his hand of favor may have been on me before I got saved because I beat him in the wrestle off, like the one time I beat him was when it counted. But I promise you, every day was a battle. Every day I had to come in and I had to have my heart, my head, my mind right to go and compete because there was no off days, right? And what I want to tell you today is that following Jesus is a battle. Hear that again. Following Jesus is a battle. If you're taking notes today, I want to encourage you, brother and sister in Christ. Today I want to talk about uh, the title, Battle On. I want to encourage you to battle on, to continue in this journey God's called you on. I want to encourage you in the battle, all right? Now, as you might could guess, if you've been here to hear me preach, um, I'm a fan of stuff like 300. Anybody seen the movie 300 or, or Troy? Like when you start talking about battle and competition, it's like some weird thing clicks in my head, and I'm like, I know that. That's, that's where I'm meant to be, is in a battle, right? And a lot of times, I don't think about my relationship with God as being a battle, you know? Many times, I believe that because Jesus is on my side, that, man, like, I'm going to wake up, and it's like primrose is, like, on my way to the car. You get what I'm saying? Like, Carly's going to give me this huge kiss, and there's breakfast is going to be prepared, seven-course meal. Uh, no one's going to cut me off, and I'm not going to have to give them the bird on the way to work. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we think that that's who we are in Christ, but the reality of it is we weren't called to a, an easy life. We were called to a battle. Amen? We were called to a battle. And so what we're going to be looking at today is this, is we're going to be looking at uh, Paul's story of how we go to battle. How do we walk out this faith in Christ, and how do we win? I don't know about y'all, but man, if I'm called to a battle, I want to be equipped with what it takes to win the battle. Wouldn't you guys agree? And so I want to just lay something out real quick before you, because today is going to be primarily uh, for those that have had uh, a change, uh, that God has resurrected your heart. I want to encourage you in that. But I want to tell you why the Christian life is a battle, okay? The Christian life is this, is once we're saved, once we come to the saving knowledge of Christ, like when someone responds and they say yes to Jesus, God literally changes our heart. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, for I will give them a new heart with new desires, okay? So what that means is before we come to the saving knowledge of Christ, we have a heart that is set on one thing. You know what that is? Me, sin, self. That is what we wake up and what we will do. There is, if you wake up and that's you, there's nothing wrong with you. There's just something wrong with your heart, okay? And so that's who we are. So when God saves us, he gives us the Holy Spirit, which changes our heart and moves us to follow Jesus, right? Well, here's the deal. There's only one problem with that. When we get saved, we don't go to heaven automatically, right? Like, boom, like touch a guy, homeboy's gone, right? Don't work that way. If you've seen that, let's talk after this service. Tell me a little bit more about the medication you're taking. Um, but, but that being said, uh, we're still stuck inside a flesh suit, okay? Like, we're still stuck here on earth inside of a flesh suit. The best way I know to think about it, if y'all ever watch the, uh, those, those like sumo suits, like you get in a ring and you bust your buddy down and he lays down like a roach and you're like, ah, you know what I'm talking about? You know those suits? Literally walking out this life here is like walking in that suit. That inside is an identity in Christ, a person of, of Buck or whatever your name is, an identity in Christ that we know the Holy Spirit, 
but we're trapped inside that big, that big heavy-set suit, right? And you know that that's flesh in us. That's what's in us that desires to do the opposite, right? And here's the reality. I don't know if your morning's like mine, but 10 out of 10 days I wake up, I want to be selfish. I want to, be, I want to do what I want to do, right? Now, some of you may be different like last week. You may brush your teeth and like, like, uh, like Romans 3.23 comes out, you know what I mean? Or, or Romans 6.26, or you know, you're, you're getting in the car and you get what I'm saying? We're not Jesus robots. Wouldn't you guys agree? That when we get saved, it's not like some tractor beam like takes my hand to my Bible and it's like, man, like, how can I stop this? It takes a conscious choice, does it not? Right? We're not Jesus robots. And so every day you wake up, guys, I want to tell you something. We are in a battle every single day. When we wake up, there's a choice every single day. Sin, flesh, spirit, truth, life. Every single day. And so what I want to talk about today is as those two things war for your mind and they war for your heart, I want to give you the tools, the equipping power that you wake up in victory every single day that in those two paths, I begin to know more and more who I am and how to choose truth, love, and choose light. I want to follow and walk this life out by the spirit of truth. Now that's what we want to do, is it not? Amen? Amen. Let's dig into his word. So I, I, I want to look, and it talks about the armor of God, okay? Literally putting on the armor of God. So on the front of this message, I want you to look at the armor as looking at the pieces. And by the end of it, I want you to begin to see yourself as looking in the mirror and looking like a Roman soldier. Has anybody seen Troy when, uh, when, when my boy Brad Pitt just goes side maneuver and like janks old boy up to start the first 10 minutes of the movie? All right, you guys are not American. Um, I see a couple hands. But he's, he's, he's got this armor on. Everything's fitted, and dude, he is just, he's got this helmet on that's kind of sharp on the nose, and it's like, I ain't messing with that dude. Like, that's who you are in Christ. That's what's available to you in Christ, okay? But for one, we have to see ourselves as God sees us, and secondly, we have to know where that armor is and how to put it on, which is what we're here to do today. So let's read verse number 10. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Number one is this, and I'm going to list out ten things. We are strong in the Lord and not in ourselves. Hear that again. We are strong in the Lord. We are not strong in ourselves. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I want to tell you guys something. During this season of joy-seeking, you know what I've realized? And you guys know I'm going to be honest with you up here, okay? And are you guys cool with that, even with my faults and my failures? Is that I have the tendency, guys, when things are going well in my relationship with the Lord... And a lot of times things are going well because my foot's down on the pedal. I want to tell you when the enemy's ready, when he's ready to come and get you. The minute you take that foot off the pedal of, of you're, you're following the Lord, you're spending time with Jesus, you're seeking of God, wanting to know more of God, the minute we take our foot off the gas pedal, I want to tell you something. The enemy in your flesh is ready to step in and say, I got you. I'm ready to take you this way. And see, this is what I've learned is one of the reasons I believe I'm in a season of joy seeking is that my foot is not down on the pedal of seeking God, of seeking out the Lord, right? How easy is it if you have the discipline, let's just say you get 30 minutes in before you go to work. And by the way, how many of your schedules are crazy, right? Like 30 minutes is a daggum battle. Like it's a fight. If I get 30 minutes to the Lord, praise his name, it's been a good day, right? Like it takes conscious effort. And let's just say we've had our time with the Lord. We've been seeking Him, reading His Word. The, the minute we, we fall in that discipline, I want to tell you something. You may not realize it because things are going well, 
But there's an enemy ready to step in, and he's ready to reorient that mind, man. He's ready to get you going this way. He's ready to get you going away from the Lord and all that the Lord would have with you. So I want to tell you something. We're not powerful in our own strength. We're not powerful in going out and doing our own thing. Y'all, we're not, we're, we're not made that way. The only thing good in us is up underneath that suit, and that's the power of God, the Holy Spirit in us. And where we find power and strength is not by fixing and trying to cut off this suit, but rather looking inside to the Holy Spirit inside of us and saying, God, I need your strength. You guys know the season. Church is going good. Life's going good. For me, it's this. If, if the church is going well and there's people getting saved, and, and man, like God's doing a great move here, the, the tendency is this, is to think that, man, like it is, everything's going good, right? And instead of being broken before the Lord and saying, God, I cannot do this. God, I need you today. I am ill-equipped to move forward any, not one step in my relationship with the Lord unless you move me forward, God. I have no strength at all, no chance. We have to remember, he's powerful, we are not. And what I found is this. The godliest men and women, okay, you know they can all fall. Hear that again. The godliest men and women, they can all fall. Because the reality is that their strength is not built in who they are. Their strength is built in how much they know they need him, right? I want to encourage you with that, is that no man has built himself up in God in himself. He has relied and, and lived by the power and the strength of Jesus Christ. Amen? So that's the first thing. I want to keep reading in verse 11. Check this out. It says, put on the full armor of God. Okay? So we have this putting on of the armor. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Verse 12, for, we, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Second thing is this, strap on God's armor, okay? You need it. Strap on God's armor, you need it. So you have to recognize that we have an enemy that is looking to steal your identity, right? Remember, we talk about the choice every day. Every day, many of us, including myself, Guilty number one is that we wake up and these two paths that we have to choose from every day, we believe that this one's there, but we have a hard time recognizing that this path is there every day. And wouldn't you guys agree that we naturally believe that we're just okay with God, that we wake up and we're just going to somehow fall our way into being okay with God, but the reality of it is we have an enemy that does not rest, he does not stop, he's coming after you every single day. So you have to recognize that enemy, recognize your identity in Christ, and we must defend ourselves. We have to know and understand that there truly is someone else to fight, okay? You are not in this alone. The third thing I want you to see, and read with me in verse 13. It says, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to take your ground, stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, it says stand firm then. Third thing I want you to see, at some point, guys, you got to decide to fight. Hear that again. you got to decide to fight. At some point, at some point, we begin to recognize that the enemy is just, he's having a field day, man. Some of you have strongholds in your life, things that God, I mean, he's been pushing on you. Places you've never been before. Uh, steps of faith that you've never taken before disciplines in your life of beginning to read the Bible, joining a connect group, uh, begin serving at church, begin reading the Bible to your kids at home. W whatever those things are, God's been calling you to obedience. I want to tell you something. Those things don't fall in your lap. They take a conscious decision to fight for them. Hear that again. 
It takes a conscious decision to fight for them. That those things will not happen on their own. They will not fall into your lap. But rather, it takes a conscious decision to go ahead and fight. So at some point, believers, brothers and sisters, we have to decide that we're ready to fight. We recognize the battle, and then we decide to fight. So I want to tell you, I've never experienced spiritual warfare like I have this past year. And I want to tell you why. Because I believe, and I share this vision a lot, that God's put it in my heart, that people are going to come to know Jesus here. Like radically be saved. Like the biblical kind. You feel me? People's lives are going to be changed. That there are people outside of these walls that will continue to come in, hear the gospel. God's going to change their heart. We as a church are going to come beside them, walk with them, and help them to become mature believers in Christ. I believe that every single day I wake up. And I don't believe it's going to be a couple. I believe it's going to be a lot of people. And I believe that's what God's called us to do here. But I want to tell you something. Every single day, I can want that as bad as I want, but there's an enemy who wants to crush that that much harder. Amen? And I know that if God's going to do anything special in this place, if he's going to do anything special in your life or my life, it will not be in our strength. It will only be in his. And the better we get at laying these lives down and praying that God would step in and do something incredible, that's when we're going to see great moves of God. Amen? So this is what it looks like is this, is there's a real enemy that's against you. There's an enemy that does not want to see you flourish in your relationship with Christ. How many of you have ever felt straight joy in Christ? Like you know, like he saved you and you're with him. And I mean, maybe uh, it's been joy in your marriage or, or in your family with your kids. And there's an enemy that says that'll never be again. That could never happen again. I want to tell you something. There, there's nothing wrong with you. The reality of it is that's the enemy that wants to hold you back from seeing who you are in Christ, from experiencing those things. You have um, strongholds in your life that I know are holding you back from experiencing the fullness and the goodness of Christ. And you will not overcome them on your own. You need to fight with Jesus Christ on your side. Put on the full armor of God. Decide to fight. At some point, guys, we have to recognize the truth of this text I'm preaching today and decide decide to take a stand and fight. It's time to go ahead and take steps and take the gospel where it needs to go in my life. The fourth thing, read with me verse 14. It says, stand firm then in the truth, in the belt, with the belt of truth, buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in its place. Uh, Number one, uh, I'm sorry, number four, hear this, stand firm in the truth, okay? Stand firm in the truth. This series, A Better Story, has been all about your identity, okay? And for four weeks, I'm sorry, I believe that's five weeks, I've been preaching about what it looks like to have your identity wrapped in Christ. And what that looks like is to surrender this life, say, Christ, come into me. Do something in me I can't do in myself. Make me a new creation, Lord. And the Bible says when we do that, God changes our heart and we are a new creation. Okay? That our identity was sin and shame. Now our identity is Christ. Now the hard part is this. Stand firm in who God says you are. When the lies of the enemy come, remember who God says you are. Right? Because lies will come and they will tell you, you're not that. You could never be that. This thing you struggle with your whole life, maybe it's anger, jealousy, bitterness. Maybe it's some pride and fame of wanting to make a name for yourself. Whatever that thing may be, you're thinking in your head, that's always who I'll be. The enemy says that's always who you are. You could never be who Christ says you are. And I want to tell you something, man. Those are lies from the enemy. Those are lies. So stand firm in the truth of God's word and who he says you are. The fifth thing, it says in verse 15, I'm sorry, in verse 14, stand firm in the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Fifth thing, wear the breastplate of righteousness. Wear the breastplate of righteousness. 
And understand, I want to tell you something. We're not made right before God by what we do. We're made right before God by what Christ has done. Amen? Now, there's a text in Scripture, and y'all, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I've only been preaching for like two years, so I ain't got it all memorized. But it says something like this, okay? It says that out of the heart, everything overflows. Y'all know that? Somewhere. I can't tell you. Maybe some of you uh, biblical people can tell me, okay? Uh, some of you scholars. But it says basically that everything flows from the heart, all right? You guys ever heard the illustration? You, you, you cut the snake's head off, right? Like you cut the snake's head off and it kills the whole snake. Well, guess where uh, the most vital part, the part where everything starts at? It's at your heart, right? It's at your heart. And that's where the enemy's going to come. And he says this, put on the breastplate of righteousness. This is Christ, okay? Jesus Christ and his righteousness. That's what covers this front part. That's what covers our vital signs. That we know our heart's protected by trusting Christ. And when we trust Christ for our righteousness and not our own, it's like we put on a breastplate. We're protected, okay? Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Number six, verse 15, it says, And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now, number six, I'm going to preach here a minute, so, so get ready, okay? Um, be ready to move forward. Sixth thing I want you to see in this. Be ready to move forward. See, the gospel of peace says this, and I want you to talk about it. So we've been talking about standing still and putting on this armor of God so far, right? We've been talking about the belt of truth. We've been talking about standing firm. We've been talking about putting on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, guess what? We're getting ready to take a couple more items, and we're going to move forward. But before we can move forward, we have to understand the gospel of peace. Now, why does it say the gospel of peace? It's because this, because of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, the message that Christ died for your sins, when we received it, at that moment, we were made at peace with God. Right now. I want you to understand something. If that has happened in your life, right now, you are at total peace with God. No way to lose that. No way to gain that any more than your standing. I want you to tell you something, because as you move forward in your relationship with God, it begins to get uh, more difficult because you're stepping on ground you've never seen before. Okay, But I want you to tell you something. Right now in this place... You are at peace with God. Now, check this out. It says, with your feet fitted with the readiness. Okay? Now we're getting ready to move forward. So once you're secure that you're at peace with God, you're ready to move forward. Did y'all know that nowhere in the New Testament the gospel stands still? Did y'all know that? Nowhere does it stand still. God didn't save you to sit. He saved you to run. Hear that again. God didn't save you to sit. He saved you to run. He, he's ready for you to move forward with the gospel. The gospel was never meant to stand still. Nowhere do we see that. God didn't save us to sit. He called us to make an impact. Where we are, with what you've got, exactly how you are, you just be you in Christ and begin to move the gospel forward. Once we recognize our armor, I want to tell you something, then you're ready to go forward. You're ready to join Connect Group. You're ready to grow in Christ. You're ready to tell that employee that has been on you to invite them to church. You're ready. You're ready. That person you've been wanting to go to breakfast and share Christ and what he's doing in your life, you're ready. To sign up to serve and be a part of the church, you're ready. You're ready. You're ready for that next step. Okay? Not because of anything you've done, because of everything he's done. You're ready. The gospel never stands still. Right? It's like having the cure for cancer in the world and like keeping it to yourself. We don't see that anywhere in the New Testament. 
What we see is when saved people, they begin to serve people, they begin to get that word out. They begin to go, tell people, invite them. Some of you, I know you got a pass, man. Some of y'all streaked up. Y'all feel me? Right? There's some, there's some dark, dirty sin all over your past. I get it. I get it. We're in the same boat. And if you go up and ask somebody at the church or tell them about Jesus, I know they're going to think, there's something wrong with this cat. What the world happened? What kind of Kool-Aid they drinking at Connection? You know what I mean? But I want to tell you something. You are as fit and ready to move the gospel forward as you ever will be right now. Right now. You're as fit and ready as you ever will be because you're going to be able to bridge that gap and they're going to know where you've came from. And you're going to say, man, I'm still messed up, but God has started something in me, and y'all, I'm, I'm I'm, I want to move it forward. Come be a part of it, okay? I want to encourage you with that. The gospel never stands still. We move it forward. And as you begin to move forward, brothers and sisters, I want to tell you, I wish, I wish it was true. Man, my throat gets dry. Um, I, I, want to, I wish it was true to tell you that like spiritual attack goes away as you move closer to God. I want to tell you something. It's just the opposite. <laughs> when you finally step outside of the bounds, because for so long in my life, I was caged up in this box of, oh, you're going to teach for 30 years and live by your parents, might build a house by your parents, and, and uh, going to enjoy this, enjoy that, and you'll just live a good, happy life, and then you'll die. Well, no. <laughs> I got involved in the greatest story ever told. 2,000 years, God's been writing the story of the church, and he said, here, I got a pen for you, man. Let me write this story through your life, and I want you to spread this gospel and continue this story I've been building out. And y'all, I want to tell you, it's scary as crap. Y'all feel me? But it is so fun. It's awesome. It never gets old to see people come to know Jesus. It never gets old. It never gets old to see a, a marriage that's falling apart and, and then God restore it. It never gets old to see young people talk about Jesus. It never gets old to see my little girl come in and say, Daddy, tell me about Jesus, a Jesus story. It never gets old. And man, I would not trade that old stuff for this new one, not for two seconds. And I'm, I'm asking you to join this journey, to move the gospel forward. Here, and I know how Dublin is. It's a clicky town, I get it. Everybody's in the same old routines with the same old people. We don't talk to people we don't know. I get it. I lived here. We're doing something new in this place. Y'all hear me? We're doing something new in this place. God wants us to take the gospel forward. Good. Hey, a real clap. Not an awkward one. I love it. So to move forward, as we get ready to move forward, we got a couple more things to pick up and take with you as we, as we move forward in our faith. Let's read. So we're fitted with the gospel, the good news of Jesus, ready to move forward. Verse 16, it says, In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. As you move forward, I want to tell you, make sure you carry your shield, okay? Carry your shield. Because as you move forward, who you used to be, the enemy loves to do it. This is who you used to be, man. And he's loving to shoot darts. You know, you, you may have been like me, struggled with lust, pornography. Um, maybe you've had struggles with pride or um, you've had struggles with addiction. Maybe you've been through some difficult things and maybe God's bringing those and pulling those out of you right now. I want to tell you something. Man, sealed with the Holy Spirit, that's not who you are. That's who you were. That's who you were. Carry that shield of faith when those arrows come at you, when you get the... I can't do it. Y'all, I feel that all the time. There, there's nothing I want more than to see people come to know Christ and to see us grow. Not because of anything that's going on, because of Jesus, man. Because I want to see the kingdom grow. 
And the more I push that forward, man, the more arrows I get. But I have to remember, guys, and take this quote with you. It's always been with me. What God, what God speaks clearly in the light is so, so true when it seems dark. Hear that again. When God speaks light into your life, it will get dark later. Carry your shield and remember, we walk by faith, not by sight. Remember what God has spoken over your life. Remember the truth of that. Walk it out. Continue to move forward. Verse 17, it says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. Now we're getting ready to go on offense. We're getting ready to move forward. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Number eight, put on the helmet of salvation. Remember, sin and the battle with sin always starts in your minds. Take that with you. The battle for sin always starts in your mind. Okay, Sin takes root in the mind. And we have the ability to demolish these strongholds. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6, Paul says this, and I love it. And, and we're, we're not going to turn there. I want to just share this with you real quickly. He says that we have the power to demolish strongholds. How many of you have the same old thing? How many of you battled the same old thing? The thing that comes back up over and over and over again. Okay, Because I've told you something. When I began to get shot out like a rocket in my faith is because I finally had strongholds delivered in my life. Things in my life that were holding me back from experiencing God. How many of you have something in your life right now that you think you will live this whole life and it will never be gone from you? Does anybody in here today? Mine, I never thought, I never thought that lust would leave me. And I want to tell you, I fight it. I fight it. I'm not telling you it's, it's like vanished. I still have this choice every day. But the reality of it is, when I started choosing Jesus, he began to alleviate strongholds in my life that I had never experienced before. I never thought in my life that I could walk in purity. I never, I never believed it. It was such a part of my life, from my adolescence to a 27-year-old man, that I never thought it would leave me. But the reality of it is, Christ can break strongholds in your life. But see, here's the deal. You have to begin to fight those strongholds in your mind. Put on the helmet of salvation that guards your mind. When the enemy comes to speak and say, this stronghold you can't beat, it's coming back. You can't overcome it. That's a lie from the enemy. That's why we have to put on the helmet of salvation to guard your mind because sin gives birth in your mind before it's fully grown and becomes sin. We have to guard our mind. Secondly, it says in verse 17, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Ninth thing, carry your sword. Carry your sword. This is the only offensive weapon we've found so far. And this is why reading the Bible is so uh, important. And I want to go ahead and give a pitch for next week. Invite your friend. Invite. Come here. Be here. We're doing a series called How Do I? It is everything from how do I have a real relationship with God to reading Scripture, hearing from God, praying. We're going to break that thing down because we want a real flourishing, growing relationship with God for you. But that can only happen through the Word of God. And why do we read? Right? Take this with you. We don't read the Bible just for information. We read it for transformation. We pray that the Bible would begin to shape our lives, to change our lives, that we would know who God is. And then as we read and we learn who God is, it would change who we are. Right? And we go to the Bible, not because it's like this guilt thing that you need to do. Oh, I read my scripture. Tag hands, right? No, it's a lifeblood. You need it. You eat from it. You got to have it. Why do you say because, man, you're not going to know who your father is, the one that's going to stand in the gap and give you that armor, ready to hand it to you. And if you don't know who he is, you're not going to know where his armor's at. If you don't know where his armor's at, man, you are like a sitting duck. You're like going to fight Clint Eastwood in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. You know how that ends, right? Oh, no Clint Eastwood fans? Sons of Katie Elder, John Wayne, right? 
America's going down the drain. Um, <laughs> it's true. I've been feeling it. Just confirmed it. But, no, seriously. Every day waking up without the Word of God becoming part of who you are, to join a small group, to begin reading together, to begin learning from the Word of God, learning how to read it on your own, learning how to listen to God as He speaks to you, it, it's like you're a sitting duck, man. You're a sitting duck, ready to get whipped up on. And I'm, I'm not preaching to you, I'm preaching to me too, brother. You know? Because the minute I think I'm okay without God is the minute, man, I'm a sitting duck. All those old things that I used to fight, they're coming. They're coming to hold me back from stepping into who God's made me to be. And so we stand again at this, this place. Do we listen to truth or do we listen to the lie? Do we stand open to attack or do we move forward? And then lastly, this is my personal favorite, verse 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me whenever I speak. Words may be given me so that I may fearlessly make known the, the mystery of the gospel for in which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Tenth thing, pray on all occasions. Begin to incorporate prayer in your life. Let me tell you something again. Christ is the on ramp to everything. A surrendered life to Christ when you receive salvation. I want to tell you something. You have access to the God of the universe, the one that puts breath in your lungs right now, the one that holds the sun exactly where it has to be for us to be here right now. You have a direct line, a, a relationship with him, and he hears you. He hears you. And it says, pray on all occasions. Y'all, I want to tell you what changed my life, the, the reason I'm here. Um, God began to burden me to pray uh, for the most unsaved person in my life, all right? The most unsaved person in my life, the one farthest away from God, and then God saved him. And seven days later, God took him home. If you've never heard this story, um, I, I, I love to share it because honestly, it radically changed my life that I knew that God heard my prayers and God responded to them. Y'all, that's a big thing. And I want to tell you, there's people in your life right now, and you might want to write this down. Who's the person I need to be praying for their salvation? Who is the person in my life that I need to be praying to come to church? Who's the next person that I need to pray? And it says that we need to pray on all occasions, all right? And I want to tell you, those are weighty prayers, praying that God would give you a new knowledge and God would grow you and who you are in Christ. But I want to tell you, even in little things in your life, you want to watch God build your faith, continue to pray on all occasions, right? Continue to pray on all occasions. No matter how big, no matter how small, just start talking with God, man, because he hears you. He's with you. He's for you. And you want to see him change you, he'll change you in the little things. I want to share one real quick and just talk about connect group and prayer. Carly and I were ready to get down here. We were ready to sell our house, and I haven't shared this yet, but um, talking about praying in all seasons and, and how important this is to grow in our faith and continuing to choose Jesus, we couldn't sell our house for anything. And in fact, we, we had a set amount we needed to sell for. We got kids going to college, and we really needed this thing to happen. And so we began to text connect groups and began to tell people, hey, be praying, be praying. One of our connect groups, out loud, the connect group leader said, I'm praying in faith that God would sell this house tomorrow, by the end of the week. That's what he said. Okay, this happened on a Wednesday. Carly was sending the amount out to the group. This is really what we need it to do. Y'all, you can't make this stuff up. That Thursday, we woke up. Um, we get a call from our realtor. Somebody who came and visited the house that day. Um, the exact amount we prayed for, we're ready to go into contract, right? Like, you can't make this stuff up. But see, that's a small instance. Maybe for you, that prayer you need to be praying is that God would begin to speak truth into your life. 
that God would begin to uh, help you be a godly husband, to serve your wife well. Uh, wives, maybe it's to be patient with your husband, or maybe it's to be faithful, or maybe it's this, maybe it's to just read the Bible every day. Maybe it's to, to, to learn to read the Bible. Maybe it's to join a connect group. Maybe it's to sign up to get to serving here. Or maybe it's just taking that first step of salvation, man. One thing that I love that we're trying to do here that I pray we continue to do is when it's time and you want to just respond, man, like respond and let's celebrate with you. Don't hold back anymore. Be who Christ has called you to be. Maybe your next step is to be baptized, that God saved you here or you've had that experience and it's time to go ahead and take that step of baptism. We'd love to see it at the next steps table. But we want to tell you, man, as you stand right here, and we all go to battle together, all right? Man, I want with everything I am, with everything I've got, I want to help you and equip you to grab everything you need to choose this way, to choose Jesus. Not because I want anything from you. Y'all want joy and peace and love for you, right? And I want you to enjoy this life. I want you to enjoy this life. But I want to tell you, if you choose to follow Christ for this life, it will be a battle. It will be a battle. But I want to tell you, it's a battle worth fighting. Greer said it like this. I was listening last week. If I had 10,000 lives to live, I'd, I'd live 10,000 of them for Jesus. That's the truth. Because he's worth it. And I want to tell you, I, I've found more joy, satisfaction, and fulfillment and, and uh, things that I never thought I would get to live and dream in this life by choosing here. Okay? But I want to tell you about choosing Jesus every day. Every day I wake up, every one of us in this room wake up in the same spot. We're standing right here with that choice to make. Brothers and sisters, I'm praying that you go ahead and start your battle. Battle with us. Battle on. Because the gospel needs to go forward. Amen. So if you're here today and you know you've, you've never trusted Jesus, man, it would be a great day to celebrate with you. And uh, I, I would love to do that. That would be awesome. Um, and, and I just believe that that's what we're supposed to do. That it doesn't have to be weird or awkward. We just want to celebrate. And so today's the day that you want to trust Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. Um, I'm just going to ask that you'd raise your hand. Is that anybody here today? Um, that wants to trust Jesus for the first time. Did anybody? Amen. That's awesome. Well, for the rest of us, man, I pray that today encouraged you. I want to know. I want you to know that I'm fighting with you and for you in prayer. That God would grow you and fulfill you to be all that He wants you to be in Christ. I love you more than you could ever know. And if you would, you guys, let's pray. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for the message, God. Thank you for the armor of God, God. That I'm not a sitting duck. God, that the armor of God's available, Lord. Help me to put that armor on, God, that I would see myself every day as the Roman soldier in the mirror. God, I am equipped and ready to advance the gospel forward, God. I have everything I need because of you, because of you, Jesus. I thank you for that. And Lord, help us to enjoy this time of worshiping together. God, if there's anything on our heart, bring it down to the front. God, let's just pray and pray in faith. Lord, we love you so much. In thy name, amen.